Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, Dick Till is here from Davy Tree. Looking forward to that time with him. But Steve Rapaski is here, too. All about bees. Doug Oster is here. And the honeybee of the show is not here. Jessica Walliser enjoying the day off. A little beach time for her and the great family. But in the meantime, Doug is going to carry on this morning with some great stuff. Now, listen, we've got you covered. Anything that you need to talk about in the way of your organic gardening needs, give us a call. 866-391-1020. Bank instant access at KDKA.com. And right now, the 10th caller wins an amazing $25 gift certificate from Randy Sorgo and the fine folks out there in Wexford, 412-922-1020. Ladies and gentlemen, from Tribune Review, TribLive.com, that great scathe company, here he is, Mr. Doug Oster, the award-winning Doug Oster. (laughs) Good morning. I'm Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and everybodygardens.com. If you can't get the Trib anymore, they don't deliver to your house. You can see everything I'm doing right there at everybodygardens.com. I would deliver it to your house. I mean, that's how much I love that paper. <laughs> they should hire me just to deliver paper. Well, yeah. Be good. <laughs> I need something like else you need to some, do. Yeah, you, only here 24 hours a day. Uh, yeah. How about all that rain? Boy, I'll tell you, uh, we're going to talk a lot about that today uh, when we talk to Dick Till about uh, when we're talking trees, and we'll talk a little bit with Steve Rapaski from Bee Control, all about uh, bees today, but in my garden, it's all about fungal issues on tomatoes, and we'll talk about that today, too, because this rain has been great as far as not having to water but man, I'll tell you, all the fungal issues uh, are 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 amazing. You know, the the number one thing that I'm using in my garden is a organic control called Serenade, and that is a, a fungicide that is a biological control, meaning it can't hurt you, it can't hurt the environment, it can't hurt the good bugs. Uh, but we just treat the uh, the actual leaves with that, and it stops the fungal spores from spreading. But with this weather, <laughs> I don't know if anything can keep the tomatoes healthy. That's the thing. When you got a season like this, when the rain starts in May and doesn't stop, and we're already into July, tomatoes want that warm, dry weather. <laughs> like like Italy. Think Italy. That's what tomatoes want. But uh, they're not getting it, That's that's for sure. And uh, Dick Till from uh, Davy Tree, what's going on as far as trees when we talk about fungal issues? Well, it's the same with your tomatoes. Um, you know, if there's all this wet weather, all the different fungi I love the moisture and wet weather. And uh, then when it quits raining, then it gets hot and humid and humidity again. And it's just all the moisture in the air and um, all the different fungi are just thriving in this kind of weather. And what's the what's the what would be the worst thing that could happen as far as fungi is considered when it comes to a tree or some kind of fungal issue? Uh, if it's just a leaf disease, most of those aren't bad, and they could be treated early in the season. But right now, when the uh, when the fungus is already established in the leaves, there's nothing you can do. Uh, you know, most fungicides are uh, Pre- preventative, preventative right? ones, yeah. right? 
but a lot of them like apple scab on crab apples and apple trees. Uh, it'll weaken the leaves and they'll fall off early and it doesn't outright kill the tree, but in the long run, it weakens the tree because it doesn't have those leaves making food for the roots. So, Steve Rapaski from Bee Control, we got a full studio. This is the first time I think we've had a studio this full. Uh, how does this affect the bees, or does it? It does. It actually, uh, bees need moisture as well, and uh, depending on the species we're talking about, certainly it, it has an impact. With the honeybees, it could impact their nectar in, uh, input. So the Less because of the less, or more? Yeah, some of these species of flowers, the nectar gets washed out uh, by the heavy rains, uh, or it's just so wet that they don't produce as much. Uh, but on the other hand, when we talk about some of the more mean bees, the wasps, the hornets, and yellow jackets, they use that moisture to build their nests. So... They're they're using wood products that they're harvesting from decks and whatever, and that moisture is needed to build their nest. So those bald-faced hornets' nests are growing quite rapidly this time of year. You know, if you've ever seen one of those nests, that's the big, how would you explain that, like a basketball Paper nest. mache yeah. gray nest with a hole in the middle or I, down the middle. I can't believe it, but I usually do not see them until... It's too late. <laughs> no, not that. Until uh, the leaves are off the trees. And yeah. being a fisherman... Those nests can be anywhere, and I am so surprised when I go back out when the trees are defoliated, and I was just kayaking right by that all summer long, as long as you don't bother that nest. Generally speaking, if they're uh, above your head height and you don't bother them, they're not going to bother you. It's when they get fairly low within the 12, 15 feet, even 20 feet, that's when they become problematic because they're they're so grumpy yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah just the slightest movement i've had customers who walking past a bedroom window with a nest outside and they attack the window because they see you moving so anything above 25 feet no worries anything below 25 feet uh call a professional well you've you've heard this story before and i i had a nest way below 25 feet in a, a little azalea bush mm-hmm. and it was 90 degrees out so they were extra grumpy and i had my garden hose going through that azalea and as i'm pulling on the hose and all i'm wearing is a pair of shorts which you'll never get that out of your mind but no, uh, i say i could tell another story about you and shorts but. Uh, yeah that was with the honeybees actually yeah and then all the, the next thing all i remember is is it's like a cartoon moment where you have this incredible pain on your legs and you look down and you're covered with bald face hornets and they're on my back, and they're all over, and I just go running up into the woods, screaming like a madman, and come running back down and jump in the pool. And they sting repeatedly, and they—I I, I know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah—and it hurts. It's a, it feels often like a, a red hot poker stick yes, with was, a it was, sledgehammer yes, at the end it of it. It was some of the worst pain I ever yeah. felt, and so they are not pleasant. Yeah, self-medicated that night, there and uh, so in general, how are the honeybees doing? We're the same as we've been the last 10 years. We're still struggling to uh, be sustainable. We're losing, on average, about 40% of our colonies every year nationwide. Pennsylvania this year was probably right around 45 or 50%. Uh, we're able to make up those losses in the spring, but we continue to lose them, and that's just not a sustainable yeah, practice. Yeah, I lost my high for the first time. Uh, in a number oh, of years, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and uh, And... Are we any closer to figuring out why? Do we know why? We're narrowing it down. Uh, the four P's, pest, pest, pests, pathogens, parasites, and poor nutrition. So we, we have it narrowed down to the, the four basic groups. Uh, but the problem is those variables can constantly change. Uh, and one year it might be one thing. Another year it could be something different. And it's just a constant battle. So are we any closer to correcting it? No. Are we 
closer to understanding it, yes. Um, and I just uh, was at a big workshop yesterday that uh, Berg Bees, our local beekeeping association, put on with the Pennsylvania Queen Improvement Project. Uh, about 70 people attended, and we were teaching about genetics of honeybees and giving them these new uh, honeybee strains that have improved genetics that actually attack the varroa mites. We call them leg chewers. So there's new things coming down the pike that uh, we're able to incorporate as beekeepers and uh, try to get this going along and become more resistant and tolerant to some of these pests and pathogens that are out there. You know, let me talk a little bit about when we met. This was such a great day. I had always dreamed of having a couple things, having chickens, which I have now, and bees, which I have now, and I have the bees because of Steve. But uh, I was out uh, on assignment and was sent to an old Chi-Chi's restaurant in the North Hills, and the contractor who was demolishing it found a, a feral colony of bees inside and knew enough, because he was a farmer, yep. to call Steve and say, hey, there's all these bees in here. And so Steve got me all in, in, set up in the uh, bee outfit, and I made this video with, we thought, 60,000 bees it around. It was a big colony, yeah. The adrenaline being around those bees, I that made my decision. I had to have bees, and... The rest is history. It is. And it's a it's a nice thing, too, since that time that we've met, honeybees uh, have been more and more in the forefront of the media. And, and we've even worked with Davy Tree on a number, numerous occasions uh, to remove honeybees from uh, trees that they were taking down. And, and they know the importance of those bees, and they certainly want to do their part. So uh, we certainly appreciate that. All right, we're going to take a short break. Again, get on the phones. Dick Tillis here, Davey Tree. Steve Rapaski is here. We're talking bees, we're talking trees, and we're talking with you. Doug Oster in today. Jessica's got the day off. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, listen, uh, best way to get a hold of Doug and Mr. Till from Davy Tree and Steve Rapaski, of course, here as well, talking bees with Doug. You need to uh, give us a call, 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. So right to the phones, and hello, Mary Lou in Munhall. How are you? Uh, hello. I have some kind of larva in my iris tubers, and I, I'm digging them out, but I don't know what they are and what to do. Take the tuber, put it in a Ziploc bag, uh, take it to your local nursery, and get it uh, identified to be sure what it is. It's pro- it could possibly be an iris borer, and so we want to know for sure wh- what that is. But you'd have to see it to be sure. So yeah. th- that's the well, best they're, thing. They're like white. It's white with like a salmon pink top and a little hard red head. Okay, again, put it in a Ziploc bag. Take it for to make sure that you get it identified uh, exactly, and then we can take uh, action after that. All right, 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. You know, I, we were doing a little video, all of us, and, uh, of course, you can see it up on the Facebook page, uh, YouTube, and Twitter under your Pratt Pack on uh, YouTube. But I was asking Mr. Till about, and I was talking to Doug, because yesterday on the True Value Show, Andy and Mike as in Amron and Bronischewski, we're talking about Japanese beetles and bugs because of the human weather and lots of rain. So talk about what it's done to gardens, these bugs, and then maybe Mr. Till can jump in and talk about well, trees. Well, I know down in the south, 
South, they've had an explosion of Japanese beetles. Uh, when I'm dealing with Japanese beetles in my garden, the first line of defense for me is hand-picking. I go out in the morning, I take a little uh, can of soapy water, and I just knock the plant. Because when you get them in early, early in the morning, especially on a day like today when it's you know 61 or 63 in the, in the morning, they're slow to move. And so you can knock them into a can. You can, you can get a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of beetles that way, uh, but you know their infestation is uh, can, it can be terrible. In my garden, I don't have them. You know, I, don't, I barely have any any Japanese beetles at all. Another control, if you don't like the the thought of hand picking them, is something called. And I'm, I'm sure they talked about this yesterday. Is the Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew that uses something called spinosad. Uh, again, something that can't hurt the good bugs that they ingest. The Japanese beetle uh, adult will ingest, and then the bug will be dispatched. What about it, Mr. Till? What about trees, and how can you prevent them from doing the, the damage that is just, uh, you can't, well, you can't bring the tree back. So what do you do? Right. Well, uh, luckily, the damage they do to trees um, is, is not real severe. Um, what they do is kind of skeletonize the leaves. Uh, and they go after the sweeter trees, all the fruit trees. Um, you know, they like rose bushes and certain plants like that. But uh, the adult feeding is uh, is not the main damage. It's uh, after they mate and lay the eggs and the grubs start feeding on the lawn. That's where they really do their damage. And, you know, when we talk about grubs, um, before you treat your lawn for grubs, be sure that you have them. Right. <laughs> I've talked to so many people just like, well, I put down my grub control. And I'm like, are you sure you have grubs? Yeah, we get calls all the time. As soon as they see a brown patch, they think they have grubs. And- yeah, the best way to really find out is to get in there, scalp about a one-foot-by-one-foot one uh, square of the turf off, turn it over, and see what's underneath. You know, and if you've it- got one or two grubs, it's no big deal. you right. got 10 or 20, that's a big deal. Right. You, you know, we got a lot of calls yesterday about moles and voles, and something I've never asked or ever heard anybody ask, can they hurt trees? Well, I guess voles could, right, Dick? Could yeah. they affect the the roots? Yeah, when they're, especially on a young plant, uh, if they're digging tunnels down around the roots, uh, then the roots are exposed to the air. You know, the roots need to be in contact with the soil. There's a great organic control for moles and voles called Mole Scram. Uh, it uses uh, castor oil and garlic. Uh, one of those two is my favorite thing. Guess what? Well, the Guess castor oil worked castor on me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run for your life. Hey, if, if a beehive is up high enough and it's not hurting anyone, it's just a good thing to leave it there, right, Steve? It all depends on the species. You know, as I mentioned earlier with the bald-faced hornets and yellow jackets, they're the most aggressive of, of the stinging insect family. So typically anything above 25, 30 feet, um, certainly you may not want to um, you deal with it. You can let it alone. But, again, they're aggressive insects, and we certainly recommend you, you call professionals like Bee Control to, to take care of it. Honeybees, on the other hand, are extremely docile. I mean, they could be at one foot above ground they could be at 30 feet and it's like my my hive is in my vegetable garden i walk by it every day and rarely rarely ever get stung yeah but the the experts know the difference but average people like me we don't so what do you look for 
Oh, call the professionals, really. Yeah. Uh, For anything. You know, right? uh, well, it comes, especially with, with stinging insects. I mean, you know, we're the professionals because we have the background. Um, we've been dealing with this for years and years and years. And uh, to, to society, if it stings, it's considered a bee, and that's technically not the case. I mean, bees, wasps, and hornets are all very different. They're different behavior, different bi- biology, different aggression. Um, so if you're not sure, as I tell all my clients, you know, before you spray, call us. Um, we could certainly identify what's going on, and then we could take the actions appropriately and not cause any harm to you know the, the folks living in at that house. And we're certainly seeing more people aware and caring if it is honeybees. You Absolutely. Know, I, I know that I hear it all the time. Like we have honeybees in the house, and we we want to we don't want to hurt them. How how can we get them out? And sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. I'm sure that's an issue for you. Absolutely. Every day it is. Yeah. We and we do get those calls, and and even beyond that is you could actually cause more issues by trying to handle things yourself. Um, closing up holes, for instance, will often force those insects inside the living space. And if you want a thousand angry yellow jackets in your home. Home, that's a good thing to do. But uh, uh, yeah, think before you do any action. Call the professionals. I mean, it's akin to, you know, with the tree experts, you know, I'm a, I prune my tree and then I call them and say, is that the right thing to do? And at that point, the tree's gone. Yeah. So, what, what was the tree that you guys were cutting down? You were showing me the pictures of where there was a honeybee hive inside. It was a big ash tree. It was hollow in the middle and uh, we didn't even know it was in there. There was just a little knot hole about three inches in diameter and the whole colony was in there. And, and you were alerted that there were bees in there when you saw your your crew do what the the bee dance <laughs> running the other way. But you, but they saved the hive, right? Oh yeah, yeah, we saved the hive. Yeah, they went running. The hats and glasses were flying and they're doing the dance. <laughs> All right, listen eight six six three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access kdk dot com. Dick Till is here, Davy Tree, and yes, uh, Steve Rapaski, our good friend, talking bees with Doug. Tell folks in about twenty seconds about Steve, our professional, what else he does, including selling good honey. Oh yeah, uh, that's the best honey you'll ever have. When you know, well, tell them, Steve about why you should have local honey because sometimes it's not even honey when you're buying it in the store all honey yeah it's suspected i mean we honey that's imported in many stores um or found in many stores are imported from canada uruguay mexico whatever um there's a saying that we often use amongst our beekeepers is how do you know it's real honey if you don't know the beekeeper ah that's good and 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 that's you know advice local honey uh honey from a beekeeper was actually good for your boost your immune system it tastes what it's raw it's unfiltered um and never goes bad and never goes bad i have the name for the next person who wants to sell honey honey i'm home <laughs> well, like that. pretty, that's pretty good honey i'm home i'll get you a hive of bees rob thank you very much <laughs> all right love what these guys do and doug obviously is the best so 866-391-1020 dollar bank instant access kdk you have them for the next 30 minutes and then of course it's the coons cooking hour and today it's all about your favorite ground meat recipes with joe dentici as son frank is enjoying a week's worth of vacation with the family Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDK. All right, the official introduction of Mr. Till in just seconds, but let's take the 10th caller now to win that $25 gift certificate to Janoski's, their big wine festival next Saturday. Get out to the farm market or call them at 724-899-3438 and get your tickets. 10th caller right now, 412-922-1020, wins that gift certificate from Janoski's. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company. Well, we are joined by Dick Till from Davy Tree, and we're 
talking about watering, but we've had plenty of rain, but we don't know how long that's going to last. And when it comes to trees, you right. know, watering is pretty important. Yeah, we're just coming into the, the dog days of summer, usually, you know, mid to late July and August. We can go four or five weeks without any rain around here. And, uh, yeah, you just have to uh, keep an eye on, especially uh, new plants that you've put in this springtime. And so what are we... Like how old are we really, you know, one, two-year-olds or just well, they, recently planted? Yeah. Well, the younger they are, the more care they're going to take mm-hmm. until the roots really get established. And, um, you know, on big mature trees, most of the time you don't have to worry too much. But if we do go through a real big dry spell, uh, you'll notice, uh, especially on a lot of the bottomland trees like silver maples and uh, uh, river birches, they'll start losing their leaves and... Uh, a lot of people think they have a disease, but uh, in the springtime, with all the moisture, the tree will produce a lot of leaves. So when it gets dry, the trees are trying to conserve energy, so they'll drop the inner leaves that aren't really helping the tree. They're not the sun's not hitting them, so they're not photosynthesizing food for the roots. And uh, you know they're always transpiring water through the leaves, so the tree just shed some of the leaves that aren't really necessary. And of course, mulching is important for any tree, but you know. Anybody who's listening to this show, it's like a broken record. You know, the proper way to mulch is everything. This, you'll get a kick out of this, Dick. My son has a, a new home, and he sent me a picture of the way he mulched his tree in the front. And what do you think it was? A volcano. Volcano, <laughs> yes. We, we we corrected that. Yeah, and I see that everywhere, and I'll mention it to people, to clients, and they say, well, my landscaper did that. You know, don't he know what he's doing? And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't, but... Yeah, you want a good two to three inches of mulch around the root zone, and especially out towards the drip line where the most important absorbing roots are. Uh, you know, up close to the trunk, you just need a little bit there for color. But, uh, you know, the mulch helps keep the moisture in and helps to mitigate temperature extremes and keeps the weeds and competing plants off the root zone, and, um, and it looks good. Yeah. Well, we got a question about tree trimming, actually. Here's Cynthia. Hey, Cynthia, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to speak to Dick in regards to what's the best time to trim a tree that's 50-plus years old, maple tree, and um, concerned about the injury factor and possibly losing such a large tree. Okay. Do you know what kind of maple? Is it a sugar maple or a silver maple? I do not know the type of maple. No, I don't. Okay. Well, uh, most maple trees you can do any time of the year, but uh, the ideal time is uh, in the fall and the winter when they're dormant, and uh, it's kind of nice that way, too, when the leaves are gone. You can really see the branch structure and um, get in there and thin it out. Under what circumstances would you prune a maple this time of the year, if it was just in the way or something like that? You know, if you had a choice, you know, you want to do it when it's dormant, why would you do it now? Yeah, if well... there's some storm damage or mm-hmm. dangerous, you know, for safety reasons, mm-hmm. big dead limbs, or if it's grown into the house or wires or a building, um, or if the limbs are too low and you can't get the grass cut. With a maple, are we worried about any kind of diseases pruning this time of the year or not really? Um, not really. Like most silver maples, Norway maples, you don't have to worry. Um, sugar maples, sometimes you got to watch. They'll get the verticillium wilt, but uh, for the most part, you can do maples any time of the year. Okay. So, May I ask another question? Yeah, go ahead. Please? Sure. Um, you had mentioned the mole vole um, scram. Yes. Um, I have 
I have a pet. Would that be um, a concern to not, put it on the lawn? Not at all. Not at all. Because it, because it does use uh, castor oil and garlic. You don't have to worry about your pets. The thing about the way this product works is that you have to uh, be sure that you're using it the correct way. And so it's pushing the moles and voles away. So you set up kind of a band. You know, you see where the mole damage is, and you set up kind of a barrier. And then the next day you put some more, and you keep moving them off until finally they're at your neighbor's house. Okay. I'm (laughs) sure they'll appreciate that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So, Dick, with all the rain, uh, have you seen... uh, fungal issues being a, a big issue with with trees are not not too bad this is just part of it yeah no the uh, like i mentioned earlier the f- apple scab on uh, apples and crab apples and uh, fruit trees how do we prevent that should that be a, a fungal spray beforehand preventative yeah, yeah when the buds are swelling up when the buds are just starting to open you need to do the first treatment then when the new leaves are out uh, about two weeks later do another treatment then when the leaves are fully expanded and ideally, three treatments will help keep it under control, but then you get the weather like we're having now, and it's just ideal conditions for all the different fungi. And then, you know, there's people that aren't treating, and uh, even if you're treating, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, this time of year, the spores are blowing around, and mm-hmm. uh, it's the disease pressure is just so, there's so much of it now that even when you're doing the treatments, you'll get the disease, but it won't be as bad as if you didn't treat it. Thank you, Dick. Stick around. I'm sure we have some more tree questions. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to www.davy.com slash KDK. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. All right, coming back with more of your calls for Mr. Rapaski along with Dick Till and Doug Oster. It's 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdk.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, congratulations to Amy from Pittsburgh, who won that $25 gift certificate from Janoski's. Time to get back to the phones, and this is one that uh, Mr. Till can handle. It's Rich in the North Hills. How are you, Rich? Good morning, and welcome to the Organic Gardeners with Doug Oster. Hey, hold on. He's stealing my thunder. Why? Why? Because uh, okay. you, uh, let me not try and answer it, not answer it, and All then right. send it to Dick. I, I think this is a question that Doug could probably handle. Doug, Rich, go ahead. Okay, I got a blue spruce tree. It's about seven foot tall and about five foot wide, and I want to transplant. It's kind of in a planter in the middle of my yard, and I'm tired of cutting around it. I want to move it over a little bit. Dick, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how long has it been in the ground? Uh, close to ten years. In years, yeah, you just have to watch when when the trees grow natural like that, and the roots haven't been pruned. They're pretty tough to transplant, but uh, and uh, you got to wait till they're dormant. It's actually well, yeah, that's what I when I want to plant it. But I'm wondering about if you think it's possible. And like right now, I could probably start root pruning, dig around, and cut some of the roots off. And just let it set till the fall, or when it goes dormant, and uh, then move it. What do you think? Uh, you're probably better off right now just waiting till the fall. Um, like we we're just talking about the watering coming into the heat of the summer. You don't want to do any root pruning right now. Oh, okay. And uh, those any evergreen, uh, it's better to transplant them in the fall. You know, even okay. wait till after Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and um, 
get as big of a root ball as you can. You want to get as many of those little feeder roots as you can. Exactly what I would have said. All right, time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Denise, good morning. Good morning. Boy, you've got a busy schedule, and you've got some cool stuff coming up. Go through it, and go through it slowly, because I want people to hear about this. Before you came on, when we were off the air, we were talking about you and just saying, listen, she knows her stuff. And look, go ahead and tell them what you got coming up here. Okay, well... Um, I'm going to have another uh, home preserving and canning class. Uh, it was really popular this spring, but now that everybody's doing their harvesting, uh, you know, it's time to have another one. So uh, Tuesday, July 25th at the Buffalo Inn in South Park, we're going to do a canning class, and I always bring samples, and you've had some of my stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you, you know what it's like. And the canning, the canning is a mystery to me, and you really you have to know, you have to learn it from an expert. Yeah, common sense and forget what you did in grandma's kitchen. No no more wax. Okay. Right off the bat, no more wax. So that's uh, $5 for county residents and $6 if you're out of the county, right? right? And then the I'm doing then um, July 26th, which is the next night, I'm doing urban myths and legends in the garden and that's also all these classes are at the Buffalo Inn. And this is where I talk about, mm, should you plant by the moon or, you know, throwing banana peels, you know, underneath your plant? Does this stuff really work? Is it a myth? Is it a coincidence? So it's a lot of fun. Everybody gets a kick out of it. And we do talk about the science behind gardening, too. And then the real treat is, this is a free one. I'm going to do a walking tour of Corrigan Drive where our flower beds are. And this is on Monday, July 31st. And so you're going to get to see all the flower beds we planted, providing the deer don't eat them by then. Uh, the Penn State Demo Gardens, which are in South Park, and some place that people usually don't get to see, the All-America Selections Trial Gardens um, that we have in the park, too. So an out class is actually free. And those are awesome gardens. Really yeah, beautiful. It's, it's different every year. And to see those uh, AAS Trial gardens would be really cool to see, you know, what you might be growing as a regular gardener in two or three years. Right. And, you know, and sometimes it's you can see how the companies bring these plants to the market and, you know, what they're looking for. Sometimes it's a multicolored leaf. Sometimes it's a bigger flower or, you know, some variegation. It, it varies on, uh, you know, what they're looking for. And these are the flower trials, by the way. There are vegetable trials, but not here. And everybody needs to pre-register, right? Yes. So they just go to www.alleghenycounty, all one word, .us, slash park programs. And they can also call to register at 412-350-2455. So how is your garden going, and are you harvesting anything yet? Uh, you know what? My peppers are absolutely nuts. They, my, mine, mine are, too. They're hanging over from the peppers. Yeah, mine are, too. Mine are going crazy. I think it's all this rain. Uh, oh, it, and you know, the heat we've had, too, because peppers really like heat. And, you know, my basil's doing good. I haven't had any basil donny mildew this year, which the past couple of years have been pretty bad for me. And I have a Silk Road lily that's um, six foot tall. Wow. And just covered in blooms, and it smells so good. All right, Mrs. Know-It-All, thanks as always, and have a great day today in the garden. All right, let's say hi now to Jerry in West Mifflin on the Organic Gardeners. Go ahead, Jerry. Good morning. I'm going to pick a, you know, a 
Sage tree, and I don't want something spreading like any kind of a maple or anything. And I've been uh, looking at uh, what they call an American linden. They claim, they claim that they stay in a pyramid shape, and they get very high and a lot more heart shape. Is that a good choice of a shade tree? Yeah, lindens are pretty cool trees, don't you think, Dick? Yeah, it is. Um, just depends where you're planting them. Do you have a lot of room for it? Uh, yeah, it's probably about 20 feet from the house. Okay, because... So like, like I said, so I see one, and I stopped to ask a person what it was. They said it was an American linden, because it stayed the pyramid shape. It didn't sprawl out. Well, they when they get mature, they can be pretty big. And What's the mature height and, and width? <clears throat> I was uh, guessing in part, they, they said it has at least a 50-year life to 100-year life, and then it goes up to maybe 100 feet, 125 feet high. Yeah, <clears throat> maybe not 100 feet, but uh, they'll definitely get to be, you know, 60, 70 feet. And, but they, they're kind of a messy tree when the flower <clears throat> flower bracts start falling off. and Fragrant, right? Yeah. Super fragrant. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's a good for honeybees. Good bees for bees, like too. Those, and yeah. uh, Japanese beetles like it, I too. remember when I interviewed uh, the gardener at Kennywood, and they have a ton of lindens there. And she goes, when they bloom, yeah, when you walk by the first day, you might think, oh, that really smells great. But when you work here, <laughs> mm. it's such an intense perfume that it's, it's just too much <laughs> for, for her with 100 of them and being there, there every day. But I'm sure for the regular gardener, it would be, it would be nice. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. Well, we had a lot of fun today. Dick Till from Davy Tree, Steve Rapaski from Bee Control, but you guys can't replace Jessica, sorry. No. They're trying. They're, they're trying out. That's what we had them in here for today, see if I could try out. But Jess will be back next week. So, uh, Steve, what are we doing today? You and I are going out and doing a little project yeah, at we're, the airport. Um, we're working on uh, some hives there that uh, I'm managing out at the Pittsburgh airport that uh, we're going to do some sampling for some varroa mites, which is one of the major pests of the honeybees. And uh, we're going to test out a couple of new devices for beekeepers and collect some data and see how these colonies are doing. We're going to do some videos and pictures and kind of see what we can put together I'm, for the beekeepers. I know mites are a problem for uh, beekeepers how are you guys controlling them? What's the best way to control them? You're not controlling them. You're managing them. We're we're at the point where we're managing populations just like we are the bees. Um, And and the unfortunate thing with these varroa mites is we're finding out that they're transferring to some of the bumblebees and whatnot, so they're affecting our native pollinators as well. But, uh, you know, different different, uh, miticides and integrated pest management strategies we're incorporating and do our best you know our listeners are mostly growing organic gardens which is a good thing for the bees if there was one thing that you would plant as like an annual what would it be for the bees that you would really like take your pick oh yeah Uh, echinacea lavender any of the mints clovers remember the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden And a safer place to live. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.